0: Awesome job. Yeah, this month we started our classes for the Got Your Six program. One of the big things last night we were talking about was rewirement. David handled a financial piece, and Tom Stroop came over and talked about how to rewire ourselves. You know, when we look at what's going on in society, it's easy to get down. It's easy to get depressed. It's easy to kind of, you know, this is kind of worth doing anymore. And it's how do we rewire our brains to sometimes for some of us going back to that original reason of doing what it is why we do or why we do it, getting back. And for those of us that are Christians, we need to understand it's our job. To make a difference in people's lives. And for us, it's going out and giving that great commission. It's trying to bring people by the way we live our lives to Jesus. And I mentioned to the guys last night you know, our job isn't to fix the world. Truthfully, I couldn't fix myself right? But it's to make a difference in one person's life at a time. And if we go out each and every single day trying to do that, trying to accomplish that, that's how we we shine our light and shine God through us. It's just an amazing thing. So we had about 24 folks, I think, at the uh, Hope Center last night. We had about eight people that were online and the Got Your Six program is going very well. If you have anybody that you know who's a first responder, heck, even if they're not and they want to join some of the classes next week, next Thursday is crisis management. That's going to be a big topic. So how do we get through the crisis that we see going on in the world around us? We all know that that's having a kingdom-focused approach. Not everybody that's out there knows that, and that's really going to bring a focus. And then the week after that, it's going to be female officers in law enforcement. We're focusing on them. Thank you. Thanks, Dave.
1: All right. Yeah, hold hold this part. So one thing that I would never want to have happen is for one of your brides, something, God forbid, happened to you. To come to Ryan or I or Dave and say, he left me with a freaking mess. And I thought that wasn't one of the guys that kind of led Ironman, wasn't he a, a financial planner or something? How did he let this happen? Now, th- this is not about me, boys. But I wanted to create something, and I did this alongside of Mike Winslow. Mike and Hadley actually created the cover and so forth. So thank you, Mike. We wanted to create something that would allow for you to get your financial house in order. And I know some of you guys are like, I'm buttoned up. I got all my life insurance. I got my estate planning. I got all my insurance. Everything's done. And the rest of you are like, no, I need something like this. Now, I will tell you, if not, most of you guys are not clients of our firm. This is about a $5,000 value if you were to engage me. Now I'm not kidding. All right, so we've got a suggested donation of $100. Now, you don't get me, right? But you kind of do because I'm here. And if any of you guys ever wanted to meet with me on a Friday, I'm happy to meet with you here at Four Rivers and guide you through these tabs. All right, so there's several tabs that cover some of the big, big deals. Life insurance, homeowner's insurance, auto insurance, investments, estate planning. There's a ton of stuff in this book. It took me a year of development to create this. Mike created the label on the outside, the branding, Forgot Your Six. But suggested donations, 100 bucks to Ironman, so you get a tax deduction for it and you get something that'll help your home. So I'll talk more about it at the end. But thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. All right, Joe, come on up here. Introduce somebody that I've already talked about. <laughs> Mike Winslow's coming up next. Hey, guys. Good to see you again. This is
2: um, our final piece, so actually... As uh, some of you know, next Friday you get the opportunity to meet as a team, as your table, and then we'll have the coffee the following Friday. Mike, you've probably seen around at all those coffees. If you've ever been to one, he's the one with the table and the merchandise. He has a heart for this ministry and for making a difference in our community as well as the world. I don't know if you know this, but Iron Man of God actually has been on a mission trip to another country. That's how far back Mike goes with Dave. And a man who needs no introduction has already been introduced twice. So (laughs) let's pray, and then um, I have scripture to read, okay? Father, thank you so much that we have this time together. We have the freedom to come together as brothers in this country, that we don't have to worry about who sees us with a Bible or coming in and out of a place where others gather to talk about you, to pray to you, and to hear from you. So Lord, uh, clear our minds. And our hearts, let our ears be open to what you would have us hear to listen to and to take in this day. May you be glorified in the things that we say and do. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, so the verse is John 21. It's the last verse in the Gospel of John. There are also many other things that Jesus did. Were every one of them to be written, I suppose that the world itself could not contain the books that would be written. That's not
3: just scripture.
2: That means that he's... Anyway, I'm not teaching. Hey, Mike.
3: (laughs) Good morning. Thank you, Joe. I appreciate that. I got to say, I do not like to talk about myself, but the only thing worse than that is hearing somebody else talk about myself while I'm in the room. So I'm glad that's over. As Joe alluded to, we have been going through the topic, did Jesus declare himself God? Before we do that, no, we just prayed, but I have to pray again just because I'm up here. So can you bow your heads and join me? Dear Jesus, we just thank you for this group. I thank you for these men. And I thank you for this day. And dear Jesus, I invite you into Ironman this morning. And I pray that you can touch each and every one of our hearts. I pray, dear Jesus, that you can help us have the boldness and the confidence to share the wonderful gift you have given us, each and every one of us. And I pray that we can have that boldness and confidence to share with those we love and those that we know and even those that we casually encounter. I pray all these things in your precious name, Jesus Christ. Amen. Alrighty, so like I mentioned, we have been going through this topic, Did Jesus Declare Himself God? I've got too many things to carry here because uh, I do need notes. I am not a professional. You guys will learn that here in a bit. But we kicked this topic off with Luke back in March. Fantastic. And he did a wonderful job, I think, pretty much just clearing up, presenting all kinds of evidence that Jesus did indeed declare himself God. You know, if we look at it through language, context, and culture, there's a lot of evidence out there that Jesus did indeed declare himself God. As Joe just read, plenty has been written. We could spend hours on this. But I just want to just wrap this part up, because I'm going to be going into a little different direction. But in John 5, 16 through 18... It reads, because Jesus was doing these things on the Sabbath, The Jewish leaders began to persecute him. In his defense, Jesus said to them, My father is always at his work to this very day, and I too am working. For this reason, they tried all the more to kill him. Not only was he breaking the Sabbath, but he was even calling God his own father, making himself equal with God. So it's obvious the leaders of the day truly heard him declare himself God. But now, maybe actions speak louder than words, and you need that. Well, I thought Joe did an excellent job on Good Friday presenting that resource of 37 different instances in the New Testament where Jesus was performing miracles that only God truly could perform. And then last week, we had Barry with the all-important question, Is Jesus God? The answer is yes. Yes, indeed. Now, that was a question I had to wrestle with a few years back. The Trinity's kind of complex, infinite. I got a finite mind. And so if you're wrestling with that in any shit way, shape, or form, I encourage you to continue to do that. But it is true. Jesus is indeed God. Now, I was in a class a couple weeks ago, and they asked that very question. And I was like, sweet, I'm good there. But then what the teacher followed up with was how we answer that question determines where we will spend eternity. That's some heavy lifting right there. So now the question is, what do we do with that? I know Jesus is God, now what? I can't just sit on that. And I implore you guys, we have to share this with those that we love. We have to. We don't have a choice. It's an obligation and a requirement. How can we have such a wonderful gift and not be so excited to share it? I'm sure a lot of us share a lot of you know, stuff about our kids. We share stuff about where we ate dinner last night, vacations we had. How could we withhold this, not only from the ones we love, but the ones that we encounter? Now, you might be thinking, hey, you know what? I know Jesus is God. I'm good. Do I really have to share this evangelism? isn't my gift you know proselytizing i can serve the church in other ways that's a cop-out i used that for years tried that and i again i'm no evangelist that is not my gift at all but i found myself encountering opportunities to share jesus's love and this message more and more and i tell you over time it does become a little bit more natural So, now, why should we do this? I would challenge or argue that it's part of the great commandment. You guys are familiar with Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 39. You know, Jesus replied to the Pharisees, what's the greatest commandment was the question. You You guys know this. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the greatest commandment. But what's the second part? Love your neighbor as yourself. If we truly proclaim we love our neighbors as ourselves, how can we keep this a secret? I've had a few times in my life where people have come up to me and said, wow, I didn't know you went to church burns a little bit. But now let me put this into the perspective of an atheist. So Penn and Teller, they're like a magic and comedy duo. They've been around for years. They're still actually performing in Vegas. Well, at one of the shows, every show they bring somebody up on stage, it's audience participation. But after one show, a guy went backstage to track down Penn. Penn Gillette's a renowned atheist. And he carried with him a New Testament Bible, just one of those small pocket Bibles. And in that Bible, he had written Penn a note in the front cover. And so when he saw Penn, he He reintroduced himself and said, Hey man, I really want you to have this. I wrote a little note to you in the front. I think you should have this. He went on to say, I'm not some crazy guy. I'm a successful businessman, but I love God and I want you to have this. Now Penn recalled this in an interview. This is what he said in the interview. I've always said, Gillette explained, I don't respect people who don't proselytize. I don't respect that at all. If you believe there is a heaven and a hell, and people could be going to hell or not getting eternal life or whatever, and you think it's not really worth telling them this because it would make it socially awkward, how much do you have to hate somebody to not proselytize? How much do you have to hate someone to believe everlasting life is possible and not tell them that? That's from an atheist. That's the message that we're giving a lot of people. Now imagine your friends that aren't believers. And you're like, "Eh, I don't want to make that relationship awkward. And you're not telling them that. When they find out, that could very well be what they think of us. So how do we do this? I think it's pretty cool that Iron Man is going through this apologetics, this season of apologetics. I think it's awesome. Because there's going to be plenty of resources and plenty of opportunities for us to gain confidence and gain the courage to have these conversations every single day. I mean, this is going to be culminating with the four your faith. You got these postcards that were handed out today. If you guys aren't signed up for this, I encourage you to do so. There's going to be not only Lee Strobel there all day, but there's going to be breakout groups where guys that are gifted at apologetics and evangelism that are going to make themselves available to help us struggle through not only what we believe and why we believe it, but also the questions that we may be struggling with and those questions that we get from others that we're not quite too sure how to address. So if it's not on your calendar, you need to put it there and take advantage of this, because it's going to be an amazing day. So also, there's other resources. I went through a class last fall that went through this book called Tactics by Gregory Kuckel. An excellent book on apologetics, and it's just that, tactics on how to have these conversations. And in that book, he talks about there's three specific skills that we need for apologetics, and to have these conversations with confidence. And that is knowledge, wisdom, and character. So the first one, knowledge, that's just what we're doing here, reading scripture, going to church, other resources. But knowledge, of course, is going to be the important piece, because that helps us craft a message on what we believe and why we believe it we need to have that now wisdom this is you know godly wisdom this helps us create that persuasive argument that's necessary to convey the message now wisdom of course is god-fed it helps us guide when to share how to share what to share and then the last piece of that is character character is the make or break thing if we're not living out the virtues of jesus christ in our life It doesn't matter what we know. And I doubt we're going to have God's wisdom in us to craft that specific message. So now you might be thinking, well, you know what? This is a pretty big message. It's pretty heavy. What if I screw it up? You can't. Stick to the truth. Stick to the Gospels. You can't mess it up. The beauty of it is our job is just to share. We do not save souls. We can't lose them. So there's nothing for us to lose but everything for the individual to gain. We just have to put a rock in somebody's shoe. We just want them to think a little bit different than what they're thinking now and maybe change the trajectory on where they're going. So it was March 2006. I was in Denver, Colorado, and I met this beautiful girl named Hadley. Yes, indeed. Better looking, better all around. Now, I've been in recovery for eight years. So if you do the drunk math, which I will do for you, in 2006, I was a complete wreck. I was at the peak of my drug and drinking career. And so when I met Hadley, uh, oh, but I was a believer at the time. I had the knowledge. I certainly did not have the character or the wisdom. And when I met Hadley, she was not a believer. And so her experience with Christians was like, hey, guys, don't live out what you speak. And I was just helping reinforce that same statement at the time. A good friend of hers, uh, Jenny, was also a believer. And so we were out one weekend and had too much to drink. And her friend Jenny and I decided, you know what? Let's convert Hadley. It was a disaster. It's awful. Hadley withdrew. She started to cry, and she wanted nothing to do with us for a while. Now, Greg Kokel refers to, when it comes to wisdom, wisdom helps us develop skills, how he puts it, tools of a diplomat, not weapons of a warrior. We were using our knowledge as a weapon, as warriors, but we can't screw it up. God had Hadley. Hadley and I actually, believe it or not, got married in 2007. And she was baptized in 2009 while pregnant with my son. We can't screw it up. So I just want to leave you guys with this. Share. Share. We owe it to our friends. We owe it to our family. We owe it to those we come across. And here again, if we're so excited and if we truly believe it, how can we keep this secret? Remember, we can't mess it up. We're putting rocks in people's shoes. Most of us are probably sowers, not reapers, but every bit is important. You can't reap if seeds haven't been sown. So I'll leave you with one last thought from Penn Gillette the atheist. If I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that a truck was coming at you and you either didn't believe it or see it, and that truck continue to barrel down on you at a high rate of speed, there is definitely a certain point that I'm going to run out and tackle you and save you from that truck. How much more important is it to teach someone about eternity than getting hit by a truck? Thank you.
1: Mike, talk about your questions for just a second, because I know you've got questions within a question.
3: i got all kinds of questions
1: (laughs) for you guys. So a couple
3: things on that is, again, there's multiple questions in there, but the reason I did multiple questions, you guys don't have to go through them all. Matter of fact, you can probably even think of these a little bit more. What I tried to do was give you guys enough meat to talk about for the whole time, and then... These questions are designed to help us find out who Jesus is to us and what he means to us. And there's so many layers to that. So as you go through these questions, as you answer some of these, I felt it was just a natural progression to address those other questions. And truly, this is such a meaty topic. And given the season we are in with apologetics, if we work on these, we'll be that much more prepared for the conference coming up in August. So... Table captains, if you can't get through them all, you won't or you shouldn't. Take them with you and continue to work through them. I was scolded for not just having three.
4: You were not scolded. (laughs) 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 Table captains, do you guys all have the questions? If anyone does not, let me know and I can flip those to you. And if we have any new guys, if it's your first time, I encourage you to come sit with David Hill over here at our first timers table. Also, as Joe uh, already mentioned briefly, next week, uh, well really this month is the first month that there is five weeks in the month. And what we do at Ironman is we take that fourth Connect week week. And we use as a a table hangout week. So next week, we will not be meeting together here. And the reason why I wanted to mention it now is table captains, I encourage you to plan next week for what that will look like for you guys. This is a cool way to break it up. You know, we all get together here every Friday and it's just a cool thing for maybe us to go meet somewhere else. Maybe it's across the street at breakfast. Maybe it's at the coffee shop in downtown Winter Garden. But I encourage you guys to make a plan for next week as we will not be here and the intention or purpose of that week is to either serve together as a table or get together in a different setting together and really invest in the relationships at your table. So table captains, uh, the floor is yours for the rest of the morning.